After the awkward humor and the angry speeches about Donald Trump, Joe Biden finally emerges from his basement. And he's alive! I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Your online activity should not be public. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, let's talk about the fact that you're probably spending way too much on your cell phone bill. Now is not a good time to be spending too much money. In fact, never is a great time to be spending too much money. You really should be looking to cut that cell phone bill, especially if you are wasting lots of money on unlimited data that you are not using. That is why you should be taking a look right now at PureTalk. Who is your wireless provider, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile? What if I told you that PureTalk USA uses the exact same network as one of those carriers, same towers, same coverage, but literally costs you half the price? How do they make it so affordable? Well, there are no retail stores, so low overhead. You're not funding their billion-dollar ad campaigns. You're only paying for the data you need. No contract, no excessive fees. You'll enjoy a limited talk, text, two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. That is correct. The average person is saving 400 bucks a year on their wireless bill by moving over to Pure Talk. So grab that mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you get this amazing deal, and you save 50% off your very first month. Again, that is pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. That's pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. And you get this amazing deal, save 50% off your first month of Pure Talk and start cutting down those cell phone bills. You're spending money where you don't need to. Again, dial pound 250 and say keyword Ben Shapiro to get started. All righty, so last night, the big news is that Joe Biden is indeed alive. And he looked much more alive last night than he has the entire campaign. Now, before everybody gets too excited, let's just remember that when Hillary Clinton in 2016 spoke, the media were all over it. They were slobbering all over her speech. It was incredible. It was historic. And then she collapsed into a van, and that was pretty much the end of her campaign. Joe Biden is always one gaff away from his campaign's extinction. So the expectations had been set pretty low, right? I mean, if he, if he did not stumble through the entire speech and or physically fall down, then this was a victory for Joe Biden. And he surpassed that with ease. I mean, he really did. I, I thought he looked significantly more lively than he has any time during the campaign. I know that he's having a super beats or what, but the bottom line is that Joe Biden looked as though he had some energy for the first time in the campaign. He's been, I mean, the, the sleepy Joe moniker that, that Trump hung on him early on in this, in this race really did apply. It did not apply last night. Biden looked much more alive. He looked much more with it. His speech was quite well-written. It was a very good night for Joe Biden. It was. It also highlighted the fact that really the Democrats have but one play in this playbook. And the playbook is Donald Trump is a bad orange man who is bad and orange. That is the entire playbook. And that makes sense. If you look at the at the Pew polls from the last couple of weeks, what you will see is that 56% of people who support Joe Biden say they support Joe Biden because they don't like Trump. It is not that people love Joe Biden. It's that they don't hate Joe Biden, right? And so, and so the bar for, for Biden is actually fairly low. He has to be somewhat coherent. He has to be an alive person who can breathe on his own. He has to be not Donald Trump. All of those things he is capable of doing. And last night, that's what he showed. Now, the burden for Trump and the RNC is going to be to reshift the conversation away from Trump's character because Trump is Trump and his character is going to continue to be his character. They're going to have to reshift the conversation away from Trump and back toward policy. And that's always kind of a hard shift because the fact is that Donald Trump had an easy out in 2016. The easy out in 2016 was, yeah, you think I'm terrible? Look at that lady. Hillary Clinton was wildly unpopular for decades. It was the two most unpopular candidates in American history going up against each other. One of them had governed and was unpopular. One of them had not governed and was unpopular. And Americans were like, okay, let's try the one who hasn't done this yet. Maybe he'll be better. Okay, but Biden, it's not sort of the same thing. It's not that Biden is competent. It's not. It's not that Biden is consistent on policy. He isn't. It's not that Biden is an important historical figure. He is not for any particular reason. 
It is that Biden is not as inherently unlikable as Hillary Clinton. And so the avenue of attacking Joe Biden on character grounds is simply not as available as it was for Hillary Clinton with regard to Donald Trump. And that is why the Democrats keep minding this vein, because they know that Trump is going to keep giving them material on Twitter. He's going to go out and he's going to make dumb comments from now until the election. They're counting on it. The, the one thing that Trump could do to stop all of this is simply to cut off the supply. Right? If, if suddenly the Democrats were cut off from their heroin supply of Trump gaffes and, and Trump nastiness on Twitter, they would wither. So would the media. The media wouldn't know what to do. If Trump simply shut down his Twitter account for three months before the election, he would rise in the poll by 5%, and this thing would tighten up magnificently. There are state polls showing the thing's already tightening. But Democrats are counting on him not doing that. And you can see that the entire Democratic Party is based around this because internally, there are significant differences. Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders agree on very few things. On a personal level, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden don't agree on many things in terms of what ought to be done policy-wise. The squad does not like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi does not particularly like the squad. They are all united by the glue of orange man bad. And so you can go through eight long hours of DNC primetime programming and receive zero references to the threat of China because it doesn't matter. The Democrats have widely variant views on what ought to be done about China. Some want to be a little bit more harsh. Many of them want to be a lot more conciliatory. The Democrats are fairly united in their unwillingness to crack down on the Iranian attempted nuclear regime. In fact, they, they gave it a green light back during the Obama administration. And so we went eight long hours without any mention of the greatest threat to Middle East peace, namely the Iranian regime. We went eight long hours without any mention at all, zero mention of rioting and looting in America's major cities, which continued last night in Portland. I mean, zero mention of it. We've had riots in Chicago, in LA, in New York, in Washington, D.C., in Portland, in Seattle. In Seattle, they set up their own little republic and shot people. And, and none of that existed. If you watch the DNC, it's an alternative reality. And this is one of the problems with the media is that the media have obscured the actual reality in favor of an alternative reality where all the bad things are really about Trump personally, as opposed to bad things happening, mainly in major Democratic areas. We went through eight long hours of Democratic programming without once mentioning economic lockdowns, Not one, which is an incredible feat because their main pitch on COVID is Look at the economy. Look how bad the economy is. Why do you think the economy is so bad? It is not purely because of the effects of COVID itself. In the early going, when states were being absolutely ravaged by COVID, it was easy to make the case that it was not government policy that was leading to the economic failures in major states like New York and New Jersey. I mean, when the virus was running roughshod through New York and New Jersey and killing virtually everybody in nursing homes, it was at least easy to make the case. People ain't going to go out and they're not going to circulate. They're not going to go back to the office because they are afraid of the virus. But the fact is, right now, in New York, I was looking at these numbers today. In New York, there were a grand total of seven deaths in the entire state of New York from COVID yesterday. And they are still locked down. In New Jersey, there are a grand total of nearly zero deaths in the state of New Jersey reported yesterday, which means occurring yesterday, it was probably zero. Okay, they are still locked down in New Jersey. They're still locked down in major areas of the American economy. And the Democrats somehow got through eight hours of programming in which they featured the governor of of New New York. They featured the governor of California, which is still shut down. And they never once mentioned that lockdown policies may have something to do with the fact that the economy has tanked. So that's pretty incredible. I mean, that's obscuring all the major issues. And that is the name of the game for Joe Biden, right? At no point does he actually mention the issues. He just says, look, it's bad out there. And I am sweetness and light. That, that was his entire campaign speech last night. At no point did he actually lay forth a convincing policy on anything. His entire pitch was, 
Donald Trump is satanic, Marianne Williams, uh, Williamson-esque darkness, forces of darkness, shadowy forces of darkness. It was a Marianne Williamson speech. It really was. I mean, that was Marianne Williamson. You remember back during the primary, she talked about the forces of darkness and we will overcome. And people laughed at her. Joe Biden just cribbed off her sheet, which is not a surprise. And then he proclaimed himself the forces of light. So that's the entire Democratic campaign, which leads to two facts for the Trump campaign, because it was, I think, emotionally effective. Again, the entire campaign has now been Joe Biden is empathetic. He cares about you. He's a nice person. He's the forces of light. And Donald Trump is the forces of darkness. Donald Trump has got to cut off the cocaine drug supply to the Democrats in the media of his own gaffes and his own personal foibles. That's number one. And number two, he has to recenter on the fact that Democrats' plans involve allowing cities to be run roughshod over by looters and rioters and allowing economies to be locked down until the end of time. Right? That is the, those are the major issues in America today. And by the way, also allowing the Chinese and the Iranians to do what they will on the foreign stage. It's, just, it's still incredible to me that the entire media have completely ignored the fact that the intelligence community, the same intelligence community that is currently finding that the Russians are trying to interfere in the election on behalf of Donald Trump, also said that the Chinese and Iranian governments are trying to interfere in the election on behalf of Joe Biden. That's gone completely without mention. And by the way, China is a much greater geopolitical threat to the United States right now than Russia has been for, for at least a decade. Okay, we're going to get into the actual events of the DNC in just one moment. First, let us talk about the fact that now is not a great time to go to the post office. You know what is a great thing to do is get all the good services of the post office directly from your home computer. This is why you need to be using stamps.com. As everybody adjusts to the new normal, we need to be smart about how we do business. Stamps.com is there to make it easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of stamps.com in recent months. I'm surprised it took them that long. We at The Daily Wire have been using stamps.com since 2017. It allows us to get special deals on postage. We can do everything directly from our office. And then the packages get picked up and we're good to go. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need directly to your computer in the comfort of your home or office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products or just you're working from home and you need to mail stuff, Stamps.com handles it all with ease. And you get great discounts too. Five cents off every stamp up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates as well. You simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7, any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and digital scale, no long-term commitment. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Shapiro. Again, that is stamps.com. Type in code Shapiro to get that special deal. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Go check out stamps.com today. Okay, so the DNC was basically a bunch of awkward humor and faux unity up until Joe Biden emerged from the crypt. Alive, alive, made animate by Dr. Frankenstein. They started off, as always, with a celebrity, a celebrity presenter. Uh, last night, it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Louis Dreyfus from Seinfeld. And it appeared that virtually all of her lines were written by the late season writers of Seinfeld, right? No early season writers here. I mean, this, this was this really bottom of the barrel kind of humor. Also, it, it is worth noting here, the same Democrats will claim that Republicans engage routinely in conspiracy theories. And they'll point out that President Trump didn't denounce QAnon because he didn't know what QAnon was and all of that. These same people engage in conspiracy theories like on a regular basis, openly and regularly for eight long hours of the DNC. All you heard is that Donald Trump was trying to crush the Postal Service so that the mail would not be delivered in time for the election, which is just absolute crap. I mean, we spent an, an earlier podcast this week on exactly this topic for like 45 minutes. It's just nonsense. It is unsupportable by anything, in fact, or reality. Nonetheless, according to Julia Louis-Dreyfus at the DNC, in 2016, the election was stolen, full-on stolen, by, I kid you not, Facebook and Vladimir Putin and Fox News. None of which is true. 
Facebook did not steal the election for Donald Trump. That is sheer nonsense. Vladimir Putin did not steal the election for Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton, not visiting Wisconsin, stole the election for Donald Trump. Here is, I mean, these are just open conspiracy theories trafficked in the light of day in the DNC. It's pretty incredible. Vote. Right now, you can text VOTE to 30330 to learn about all of your voting options and make the best plan for how to vote in your community, wherever you are. An easy way to remember 30330 is that's the year Donald Trump will finally release his tax returns. If we all vote, there is nothing Facebook, Fox News, and Vladimir Putin can do to stop us. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very funny. That's it. Not, yeah. It's not a conspiracy theory at all that Facebook, cons- Facebook run by Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg conspired to, to make Donald Trump. Pre- sure, sure. Okay, but if that wasn't enough humor for you, there's a lot of humor last night. Julia Louis-Dreyfus also did a comedy routine on Mike Pence's name because, you know, it's, it's because it's not hard to, because it's racist to pronounce Kamala Harris's name wrong because everyone does it because it's pronounced in an interesting way. Like for, for years, everyone said Kamala and now everybody says Kamala. But, but it's racist because, so because Pe- let's, 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 let's make fun of Mike Pence's name. So what did you think about Kamala Harris's speech last night? It was tremendous. I was so happy for her. I know, me too. She's fabulous. I cannot wait to see her debate our current vice president, Mika Pints. Or uh, is it Paints? It's pronounced Ponce, I believe. Oh, some kind of weird foreign name? Yeah, not very American sounding. Yeah, that's what people are saying strongly. Who thought that was funny? Like, who thought that was a, a funny? Who, 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 who? Also, I, I did enjoy last night. Church became OK again. So that was exciting. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus was talking up the fact that Joe Biden goes to church. Now, in some cases, he can't actually receive communion because, of course, he's a rabid pro-choice activist. Um, but but that's OK. He goes to church a lot. Apparently, it's OK to go to church so long as you don't actually believe any of the prescriptions about life in the womb. Here is Julia. It's exciting stuff when Democrats start talking about God. It doesn't get awkward at all. Just remember, Joe Biden goes to church so regularly that he doesn't even need tear gas and a bunch of federalized troops to help him get there. When when will they? There are funny things you can say about Trump. Why don't they just say them? There are many funny things. you Like, is anybody sitting at home guffawing out loud at this? I don't think so. Other comedians were brought forth. Sarah Cooper, whose entire shtick is making funny faces while pretending to mouth lines from President Trump. Suddenly she's a, she's a celebrity at the DNC, because literally her entire shtick is she makes funny faces while mouthing speeches by Trump, which, by the way, is not as funny as just Trump saying these things, right? Trump, I'm I'm sorry, Trump is inherently funny, right? Shane Gillis, the comedian, pointed this out back in March. He was like, everybody on the left keeps saying Trump isn't funny. It's kind of funny that the president of the United States has threatened to nuke a hurricane. (laughs) But, But Democrats can't just leave well enough alone. So they have Sarah Cooper, author and comedian, which is a loosely defined comedian term, uh, doing doing a routine at the DNC. This is this is pretty low rent stuff here. I've heard Donald Trump say some pretty unhinged things. I've heard them over and over and over again. But nothing is more dangerous to our democracy than his attacks on mail in voting during a pandemic. OK, here's the truth. Donald Trump doesn't want any of us to vote because he knows he can't win fair and square. So whether you plan to vote by mail or in person, wearing your mask, 
It is your vote and it's your right. Don't let Donald Trump take that away from you. That was hilarious. I need to hear from this random lady who makes TikTok videos. That's 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 some hilarity, right? Wait, that wasn't meant to be funny. Okay, sorry. Okay, they also trotted out their favorite governors. I think maybe the funniest thing that happened during the entire DNC is they had a governor's panel. And I kid you not, they put Stacey Abrams on it. I am not kidding you. They actually had a governor's panel and they had like Gretchen Whitmer and they had they had a variety of Democratic governors from across America on this panel. And on this panel, they had Stacey Abrams, who is not in fact a governor of a state, but they're just gonna continue to pretend that she is the governor of a state. So that was actually funny. That was like the, that was the most comedic moment. There are a few of these comedic moments that, that popped up during the DNC. There's one moment where they had to have people clap for Kamala Harris's speech. So they put up a big screen of various split screens from Zoom, people clapping. And it turns out they couldn't find enough people to clap. So they just duplicated various little windows. It, it, it looked like Hollywood squares, except several of the squares were exactly the same. So that was kind of fun. There were some comedic moments, but they were unintentional comedy. We'll get to the great governors and great senators from around the United States doing their little comedy bits in, in a moment of unity. It was very awkward until Biden took the stage, honestly. Like this was Biden's night, which is kind of a surprise since he's been an afterthought the entire convention. We'll get to all that in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that if you're a responsible person, you really do need to take care of your credit card debt as soon as possible. That starts to mount so incredibly quickly. Once you go into credit card debt, I mean, I know people whose lives have been ruined, really, by not being able to pay off that credit card debt. And this is where Lightstream comes in. Lightstream offers a fixed rate credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It, it's, this is significantly lower than the average credit card interest rate, which can be 19% APR. Lightstream will reward consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate, no fees, get a loan from five grand to $100,000, and you can even get money as soon as the day you apply. People love Lightstream because it's helping them get out of the debt that they need to get out of. There's a reason that my listeners can take advantage of this offer right now and should. My listeners save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get the discount, go to lightstream.com slash Shapiro. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Shapiro, lightstream.com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Be a responsible person. Get that credit card debt under control right now for your sake, for your family's sake. Subject to credit approval rate includes 0.50 percent auto pay discount terms and conditions apply offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash Shapiro for more information again that's lightstream.com slash Shapiro go check them out right now and be a responsible person with your finances okay so the Democrats trotted out a bunch of luminaries including Gavin Newsom who spoke from a forest in California wildfires are consuming large parts of the state of California in fact one of the reasons that wildfires have been consuming large parts of the state is not just because it gets hot and dry here It does get very hot and it does get very dry in the state of California. It has literally my entire life. It is not breaking news that California is hot. And it is not because of global warming, per se, that California is is experiencing wildfires. Wildfires have been a thing in California for literally as long as as modern human beings have been living in California. It's been quite hot here for, for quite a while. Gavin Newsom sat in the forest and explained that it was global warming's fault, not his forest management fault, right? He doesn't clear, they don't do any sort of forest clearing. So that leaves a lot of really, really dry terrain uh, for the fires to race across. Gavin Newsom took some time out to go to the forest. James Comey, what was weird is James Comey was hiding behind that big tree behind him and, uh, and then talk about global warming. Meanwhile, we have rolling blackouts across the state of California. I mean, this is just, this state is so unbelievably mismanaged. My state is the most beautiful state in the union. It also happens to be the most mismanaged state in the union. It's absolutely incredible. They're talking about raising the tax rates again. They're talking about raising the top tax rate in the state of California to nearly 17% on top of the federal rate. 
which would put the top tax rate around 54% in the state of California, combined state and federal. They are talking about a wealth tax that would follow you around for 10 years after you leave the state. There are 66,000 homeless people in LA County right now on the streets. There are rolling wildfires across the state. There are rolling blackouts in the middle of a giant heat wave, right? Because people are using their electricity more, they are shutting off electricity to people in the middle of a heat wave where it is 104 degrees outside in LA. And here is Gavin Newsom taking some time out to talk to you from the forest about global warming. Really high, pri- high priority stuff here from the Ken Doll of a governor that we have out here. I'm about a mile or so away from one of over 370 wildfires that we're battling here in the state of California. Uh, we are just coming off a, a record week, a heat wave uh, that led to 130 degree temperatures, the uh, highest temperature ever recorded in California, arguably the world's history here in our state. The hots are getting hotter. The dries are getting drier. Climate change is real. If you are in denial about climate change, come to California. OK, climate change is indeed real, in, in my opinion and in the opinion of most scientists. Climate change is indeed largely human-caused, according to most scientists. Also, all of the measures that Gavin Newsom encourages with regard to climate change will have literally zero impact on the climate for the next several decades. So he better get a plan together to, you know, stop the wildfires and rolling blackouts in his state, dumbass. And meanwhile, it wasn't just Gavin Newsom being a dumbass. It was, it was a wide variety of Democrats making fools of themselves last night. Mayor Acacia Lance Bottoms of Atlanta was featured last night. Her city has been in a state of, of some uh, of pretty significant turmoil ever since the shooting of Rayshard Brooks near a Wendy's after Rayshard Brooks fell asleep in a drive-thru at a Wendy's. And I believe it was a person of color who called the cops. The cops showed up, discussed with him for 45 minutes. And then he attacked the police officers. He, tried, he seized a taser from one, tried to shoot one, tried to shoot the other, and then got shot. That led to riots in the streets and Acacia Lance Bottoms talking about cutting the cops and a DA trying to indict the cops. And the cops basically sicking out, doing a blue out. And Kisha Lance Bottoms was featured at the DNC anyway, because that's how all of this works. So here is Kisha Lance Bottoms suggesting once again, in part of the new democratic mythology, that black people are being prevented from voting across the United States, despite the fact that black people routinely outvote their share of the population in presidential elections and have since Barack Obama. Here is Kisha Lance Bottoms. The baton has now been passed to each of us. We've cried out for justice. We have gathered in our streets to demand change. And now we must pass on the gift John Lewis sacrificed to give us. We must register and we must vote. Okay, and I understand the drive to get people to vote, but the idea that you are being threatened with inability to vote in the United States today is nonsense. It's just sheer crap. Okay, so we got Keisha Lance Bottoms. We also got Senator Tammy Duckworth, another one of the also-rans for vice president who is not selected. So Senator Duckworth, just did a pure anti-Trump speech, which is really the uniting glue of the Democratic Party. She, she suggested that Trump doesn't deserve to call himself president. And she also suggested that Trump is easily manipulated by dictators. Uh, here she was going after Trump. Joe Biden would stand up for what's right, stand tall for our troops, and stand strong against our enemies. Because unlike Trump, Joe Biden has common decency. He has common sense. He can command both from experience and from strength. Donald Trump doesn't deserve to call himself commander-in-chief for another four minutes, let alone another four years. Our troops deserve better. Our country deserves better. Okay, my favorite part of the Democratic platform here is that it's very difficult to say a positive thing about Joe Biden other than Joe Biden is a nice person. He's been a horrible legislator for virtually all of his career. His signature legislation that was good, the criminal 
Justice Bill of 1994, he has disowned, which means that he really has no signal accomplishments on his record. So instead, what they just do is they contrast a fake Joe Biden with Donald Trump. And so we're going to see Tammy Duckworth do that in just one second. This is part of the program again, Orange Man Bad. And by contrast, Biden good, although we can't really name a good thing that, that Joe Biden has done legislatively other than he's kind of like a nice person that people seem to like. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, now many people may think that I am 100% brains, but occasionally I like to smile, particularly with my children. And when I do, I want my teeth to be straight. Also, we have to take lots of photos around here. I need my teeth to look good. This is why I've been using Candid. Candid clear aligners are comfortable, removable, totally invisible, unlike wire braces. So you can transform that smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. And with some of those other companies, you may never hear from a doctor as you go through treatment, which is ridiculous. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan, so you never have to wonder how you are doing. You'll always know, which is fantastic. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, costing an average of 50% less than Invisalign. If you're ready to take the first step toward getting your dream smile you can't wait to show off, get started today from the comfort of your own home with Candid's risk-free starter kit and 75 bucks off. Go to candidco.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. That is candidco.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro for that risk-free starter kit and 75 bucks off. Make your teeth look glorious. Candidco.com slash Shapiro. Use code Shapiro. Okay, so Tammy Duckworth also, again, setting up this narrative where it's not just that Donald Trump is bad, it's also that Joe Biden is good at things. Now, the problem is that you can make the case for the former, very difficult to make the case for the latter. Here was Tammy Duckworth suggesting that Joe Biden will not let himself be manipulated like a puppet by dictators. Um, this is eminently untrue. The Biden administration would look very much like the Obama administration, which was manipulated routinely by both Vladimir Putin as well as the Iranian mullahs, to the point where the Obama administration became almost a literal mouthpiece for the Iranian the uh, theocracy, it, it, incredibly. I mean, they were literally doing PR for the Iranians, pretending that the Iranian regime had moderated while they were pursuing terrorism against American troops in Iraq. Here was Senator Tammy Duckworth, however, suggesting that Trump is easily manipulated while Biden, he's a stalwart, strong guy who will never be manipulated, except for how his entire career is basically a story of him being wrong on every foreign policy issue of the modern era. They have a coward in chief who won't stand up to Vladimir Putin read his daily intelligence briefings, or even publicly admonish adversaries for reportedly putting bounties on our troops' heads. As president, Joe Biden would never let tyrants manipulate him like a puppet. He would never pervert our military to stroke his own ego. He would never turn his back on our troops or threaten them against Americans peacefully exercising their constitutional rights. I'm amazed to hear strong on defense from the Democrats. That is a hell of a take. The Democrats have been in favor of slashing the military for as long as I have been alive. This notion that Donald Trump is a threat to the troops, while Joe Biden is a friend to the troops, is a pretty incredible statement. Okay, so it was, it was this sort of awkward dance last night before they got to Biden between weird humor, weird awkward humor, like not even good parks and recreation style awkward humor, just weird awkward humor, and Donald Trump is a bad man. So Cory Booker and Bernie Sanders showed up, mainly so that Cory Booker could remind you that he has a girlfriend. Uh, and he talked to Bernie Sanders. So here was Mr. Potato Head putting on his happy eyes. Uh, and he was excitedly talking about Rosario Dawson, his girlfriend, liking Bernie Sanders and then Bernie making weird statements. And, and it, yeah, it, it was it was it was kind of strange. You could think of this sort of like survivor on the out interviews of all the people that got voted off the island. <laughs> 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 Bernie, Bernie, don't you laugh because I got questions for you like. 
Why does my girlfriend like you more than she likes me? But let's, because let's move she's on. smarter than you, and that's the obvious answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, these jokers. Oh, oh. I mean, this does remind you why Joe Biden is the nominee, right? You look at that split screen, you're like, yeah, probably they sure they're probably right to take Biden. Yeah, that is that is a picture right there. Woo. Okay, then Pete Buttigieg subtly reminded you that there has been massive social change in the United States. And then my, my favorite part of this is that regardless of whether you like some of the social change that has happened in the United States, I think it is fair to say that the United States is significantly more tumultuous and divided than it was 10 years ago. And here's Pete Buttigieg advocating more tumult and divide by 2030. There is a long way to go. But if this much can change between 2010 and 2020, imagine what could change between now and 2030. Imagine what we could achieve, this coalition we are building this very season, gathering progressives and moderates, independents, and even what I like to call future former Republicans, standing for an America where everyone belongs. Okay, so um, I, how much further do, does the left want to push here? If they're saying, like, remember, in 2010, gay marriage was still not widely accepted in the United States, and so he's saying that same-sex marriage is now widely accepted, and that's a good social change. Okay, whether you believe that or not, how much further does the left want to go here? I mean, it seems to me that the next item on their agenda is simply teaching small children that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Well, that, if that's where you want to be by 2030, mind just make that explicit. Just say it out loud. Say that's where you want to be. So much of the Democratic platform is never saying the quiet part out loud. So then they brought forth a couple more people. Michael Bloomberg showed up because he's pledged $60 million to the Democratic Party. And so he got a speaking slot, even though nobody likes Michael Bloomberg. Now, there were a couple. Then we got to the actual pitch. Okay, then we got to the actual Biden pitch. So the actual Biden pitch, again, once again, is empathy and he's a nice guy because that's the only pitch for Biden. And I will say that there was some effective stuff here. Right. So, for example, this I thought was a very effective video. I thought that it was actually quite sweet. There's a 13 year old named Braden Harrington who talked about Joe Biden helping him because Joe Biden has overcome stuttering in his own life and Braden Harrington suffers from stuttering. And so he talked about that last night. I thought this was like a great moment, right? I mean, this kind of stuff is the contrast that Democrats seek to draw. It does show where Trump has a tough time, right? Hillary Clinton is not the type of person who takes days out of her life to help people with their problems. Joe Biden is that kind of person, apparently. And so that's a good look for Joe Biden. Here, here was a video that honestly was quite affecting. Without Joe Biden, I wouldn't be talking to you today. About a few months ago, I met him in New Hampshire. He told me that we were members of the same club. We, we stutter. It was really amazing to hear that someone like me became vice president. I mean, that, that's good for this kid. I mean, really brave to get on live TV and do that. I mean, that's that's a, that's a brave thing. So that was that was really good. Um, the, the other they, they brought out some kind of normal people to talk. And most of the picks were kind of effective. Like they, they brought out a 95 year old former World War Two veteran uh, talking about how he's voted Republican all his life. And now he's voting for Joe Biden. Whenever you bring up people who have made sacrifices in the line of duty to do this sort of thing, it's very effective. Here was a 95-year-old World War II vet making the pitch for Joe Biden, really more of an anti-Trump pitch, which again is the entire tone and tenor here. I have been a Republican since the 1960s. I'm a member of the NRA and uh, I voted for Trump. I think Trump has, has been the, the worst president we've ever had. So I'll be glad to see him go. I think Joe Biden 
will be a great leader for the United States. Like me, on the day of my jump into Germany, I think Joe Biden cares about doing his proper duty for the United States. And if he's elected, that's what he will do. Again, it's all vague, but again, this is effective kind of stuff. Now, the Democrats did make kind of a boo-boo here. They brought forth a guy named Michael from Rhode Island to talk about how he was a lifelong Republican. And now he's voting for Joe Biden. Uh, there's only one problem. Michael from Rhode Island is not, in fact, a lifelong Republican. He is a, an electrical inspector. Uh, and uh, four out of the last five primaries, he's voted as a Democrat. So that, that, was, that was kind of awkward. But aside from that, that, that was the pitch. And then Joe Biden's kids did a little presentation. We, we never hear from uh, Hunter's extra children, right? We never hear about his grandchildren from various other people. Um, but his uh, Hunter and Ashley... I gave a, a little speech about how Joe Biden is wonderful and will be there when you need him. And of course, there's no evidence that he is bad with his children. I mean, apparently he is quite good with his children. It, it is also true that he has been there for Hunter when he needs him. I mean, this will become a campaign issue. He's been there for Hunter when, when Hunter needs to jet, jet set over to Ukraine and pick up a bunch of money. Or when Hunter needs a ride to China to close a $1.5 billion deal or whatever it was. Then, you know, that's that that seems like Joe's been there for him. It seems like everybody whose last name is Biden has gotten rich off the last name Biden. So at that, at least this much is fact checked true. I'm Hunter Biden. And I'm Ashley Biden. Joe Biden is our dad. And Bo is our brother. We want to tell you what kind of president our dad will be. He will be tough. And honest. Caring and principled. He'll listen. He'll be there when you need him. He'll tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. He'll never let you down. He'll be rock steady. The strongest shoulder you can ever lean on. Okay, well, I'm sure that Hunter has leaned on that shoulder both physically and uh, emo both physically and financially uh, many times before. Again, Hunter is going to emerge in this campaign, uh, and he should emerge in this campaign, frankly, because all we've heard from the Democrats is how corrupt and terrible Donald Trump is. Believe me, that stone is not going to be left unturned. And there are some serious questions to be asked about how Hunter Biden ends up on the board of a Ukrainian gas company when he has neither corporate experience nor any experience with, with natural gas, nor any experience in Ukraine, and is picking up large-scale checks. So that, that will come up in the vetting, I am sure. Okay, in just a second, we're going to get to Joe Biden's actual speech, because Joe Biden was indeed alive. It was a low bar to clear. He cleared it. I thought he cleared it pretty easily, actually. It turns out that he can read live, in lively fashion from a teleprompter. And his message was sort of jarring. It was a jarring turn from the basic message of the Democrats that we are on the verge of fascism. It was Joe Biden lightbringer. It was basically Joe Biden trying to channel Barack Obama circa 2004, right? He did the whole red state, blue state thing from 2004. He did the whole I'm going to unify the country thing from 2008. It was very much a reversion to Barack Obama's 2008 campaign, not Barack Obama circa 2020, where democracy is in danger and Donald Trump is a fascist and we're all going to die. It was a move towards something else. I, I thought it was well, it was a very smart political speech. It didn't lay forth any policy. The, the, one, the one note I will make in critique here you know, after all is said and done, is that the entire Democratic National Convention was centered around the evils of Donald Trump on a personal level. If I'm a middle class person living in New Jersey and I can't go back to my job because the governor of New Jersey has decided that we're going to lock down until COVID is completely gone forever. If I'm a person who has lost a job or lost a family member and I do not know how I'm going to recover, the Democrats have offered no programs for me. They've offered no program for me. They've not explained exactly what they're going to do. Basically, the entire pitch is that Donald Trump is the font of all evil in your life. Donald Trump is the, is the Voldemort of the United States. And if you just banish Voldemort, everything will get better immediately. 
That was the pitch that was made last night. I don't know how compelling that is. It might be a little compelling because people don't like Trump, but I don't know that it's all, all fired compelling. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably heard me talk about my Helix sleep mattress. It is excellent. Okay, but now Helix has launched a new product. They've gone beyond the bedroom. They've started making sofas. They just launched a new company. It's called Allform. They're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. So what makes an all-form sofa really cool? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick your fabric. It is spill, stain, scratch resistant. The sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size, and shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and buy more seats later on if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change with you when you move. All-form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast-free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks or months to arrive and you need someone to come and assemble for you, assemble it for you. All-form takes just three to seven days to arrive. You can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. We did it. I have an all-form sofa. It's fantastic. It is super comfortable. It is super durable, which is great because my kids wreck everything. If getting a sofa without trying it in a store sounds risky, you don't have to worry. You have 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. More than three months. And then they'll just pick it up for free if you don't like it. But you're going to love it. I promise. Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners right now at allform.com slash Ben. Again, that's allform.com slash Ben. You get 20% off all orders right now. It's a fantastic deal for a fantastic sofa. Go check them out right now. Allform.com slash Ben. Okay, we're going to get to Joe Biden's actual speech last night in just one second. First, I want to tell you about our most exclusive membership tier over at The Daily Wire. I'm talking about All Access. All Access members get to join All Access Live. That's our exclusive live stream discussions hosted every night by each of the hosts, including me. Last night, we did a special version of All Access Live. We forced Matt Walsh to host a watch party for the final night of the DNC. Better Matt than me. Tonight, we will completely recap the DNC for you on Daily Wire Backstage at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Join us afterward for another All Access Live, where we'll discuss it all with you in the comments and the live stream. So head on over to dailywire.com slash Shapiro right now. Get 20% off All Access with coupon code ACCESS. That is dailywire.com slash Shapiro with coupon code ACCESS to get 20% off your membership. Again, dailywire.com slash Shapiro. Get all access and come hang out with us. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So the task of Joe Biden was to be a Trojan horse last night. And a Trojan horse he was. His performance was good, right? A Trojan horse because people basically suspect, I think correctly, that he's probably not going to finish out his first term. And so he has to be a Trojan horse of health. He's a very, very healthy, vigorous man, right? That, that was task number one. He is also a Trojan horse for the radical left that actually runs his party. And so he had to act like a moderate. So you heard a lot of talk about God and the Declaration of Independence. You heard a lot of talk about patriotism and American troops. Right? He sounded like a moderate Democrat circa 1968. He sounds like Hubert Humphrey, right? He doesn't sound like George McGovern. He doesn't even sound like Barack Obama. He sounds like Hubert Humphrey circa 1968. That was Joe Biden's campaign last night. Now, he, he lifted some of the inspirational rhetoric from Barack Obama back during the days where Obama was pretending to be a uniter, not a divider. Joe Biden what was out there pretending that he was a, a force for light while saying some pretty divisive and untrue things. It turns out that he said some things that just were simply not true. So, for example, Joe Biden said that he jumped into the race because Donald Trump had said there were very fine people among neo-Nazis and Klansmen, which is not true. Okay, that's actually not true. What Donald Trump said that was wrong is originally he said that there were bad people on both sides, that there was, this is his original condemnation. He said there were bad people on both sides. And then people were like, well, why don't you especially condemn the KKK and the neo-Nazis? And he did, right? He said, the neo-Nazis are bad. I'm not talking about the KKK. I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis. 
And then he said that when it came to people who were marching, that there were fine people on both sides because he seemed to assume bizarrely that there were people who were marching in favor of a Robert E. Lee statue who were not white supremacists. So it was more of a category error than it uh, And it was not a good thing, right? I mean, I condemned him for it at the time. But it was not him saying that there were good neo-Nazis and good KKKers, right? That, that was not what Donald Trump did. Joe Biden instead dumped out there this idea that Donald Trump had, had basically said that neo-Nazis and KKK members were good people at Charlottesville, which, of course, is something he did not say. Just a week ago yesterday was the third anniversary of the events in Charlottesville. Close your eyes. Remember what you saw on television. Remember seeing those neo-Nazis and Klansmen and white supremacists coming out of fields with lighted torches, veins bulging, spewing the same same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. And remember what the president said when asked? He said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. This is no, it, it was an overt lie. Right? For a nice guy, it's an overt lie, right? He didn't say that there were very fine people among the neo-Nazis and Klansmen. He specifically said that there were people who were not neo-Nazis and Klansmen marching. That was not factually true. It was wrong. And it provided cover for some of the marchers. But that was, again, go back and listen to my podcast. I was pretty upset about it. But the characterization there is just flatly untrue. Other flatly untrue things that Joe Biden said during the speech, this is according, by the way, to the Washington Post, is, is that Joe Biden claims that Trump was going to eliminate Funding for Social Security, this is untrue. He said that he was going to temporarily eliminate the payroll tax. Okay, Barack Obama did this. He signed into law a bill that did this in 2012 and suggested that Social Security would be fully funded. The notion that that Trump is defunding Social Security is not true. He went after Donald Trump on COVID, right? He suggested that, that Trump botched COVID worse than any place in the world. That was not true. Here was Joe Biden on COVID. After all this time, the president still does not have a plan. Well, I do. If I'm your president on day one, we'll implement the national strategy I've been laying out since March. We'll develop and deploy rapid tests with results available immediately. We'll make the medical supplies and protective equipment that our country needs. And we'll make them here in America. So basically, his plan is exactly Donald Trump's plan, right? But he also said that Donald Trump blew it and America handled it worse than any place else. That is flatly untrue, as the Washington Post even notes. So there are a few things that he said here that that were just flatly untrue. But the overall tenor of the speech, again, was about how Donald Trump is a mean man and Joe Biden is a nice man, right? And that that was the pitch, right? Empathy, empathy, empathy. There's one point in here where Joe Biden quoted his dad, and he does this a lot in his speeches where he says, my dad said to me, Joey, and then he says something we have no idea whether his dad actually said, but he says, Joey, I don't care if government solves my problems, but government should understand my problems. First of all, I don't think government needs to understand your problems unless government has a public policy to solve the problems. I don't look for caring or compassion from a government agency. Like if I'm looking for a shoulder to cry, I don't head on down to the DMV. This bizarre notion that is pushed constantly by Democrats that government is there to care about you is really weird. Why exactly would a faceless, nameless bureaucrat I've never met care about me? I, I just, I don't understand why you would go seeking care and comfort from people who you've never met, whose literal job is to interpret statutes and then apply them. It's a very strange thing. But anyway, Joe Biden's entire campaign was about empathy. So he, it was about empathy and unity and pretending he's not a radical. So he started off by saying he was going to work hard for Americans who didn't support him, which is something Barack Obama once pledged to do and then completely rejected all those people and sick the IRS on them. Here was Joe Biden making that same pitch last night. I'm a proud Democrat. 
And I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So it's with great honor and humility, I accept this nomination for president of the United States of America. But while I'll be a Democratic candidate, I will be an American president. I'll work hard for those who didn't support me, as hard for them as I did for those who did vote for me. So the unifier pitch. And then he says that he was going to he used the word light in the speech 11 times. That's a lot of light. It's a lot of light. It was, it was this very romantic language about light versus darkness. Again, I'm the forces of good. Donald Trump is the force of evil. He says he's going to draw on the best of us, not the worst, which is kind of weird, considering that, again, eight hours of Democratic National Convention programming, not one iota of condemnation for people who are literally attempting to burn down cities. But here is Joe Biden saying he's going to draw on the best of us, which uh, I have I have doubts. Let me just say. Give people light. Those are words for our time. The current president has cloaked American darkness for much too long. Too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Here and now, I give you my word. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. So he's cloaking himself in a particular mythology about America's recent history, in which everything was hunky-dory during the Obama days, and then all time began with the Big Bang of Trump, that we were not divided in any way before Trump. Everything was fantastic before Trump. This is completely untrue. I'm old enough to remember the Obama era. You probably are too, if you're listening to the show. And I can easily recall many incidents of division inside America during Barack Obama's era, fostered by an administration of which Joe Biden was a key cog and component. But he's saying, well, basically, it's a back to normalcy campaign. I, I've been saying, by the way, for literally years. I mean, I told members of the Trump administration this in 2017, that the chief threat was Joe Biden running a return to normalcy campaign. So I've been predicting this for quite a while. Joe Biden is just fulfilling it. Again, he looked alive. He looked more alive last night, which is good for him, right? He, he was still slurring his words a little bit because, listen, he hit 78. You get a little bit of mush mouth and, and he still has that. But he was much better. He seemed more emotionally attuned last night. And then he, he made COVID his chief pitch, right? I'll protect us the way that Trump didn't. Again, he offered no actual plan to protect us. He said he wanted a national mask mandate, which is weird because he literally has no constitutional power as president to do that. Also, he has never actually proposed a federal program on national masking. He has simply just said that and thrown that out there. But his bottom line is that he's going to protect you. Donald Trump didn't. He didn't mention Trump by name, I think, once in the speech. But the entire speech was really about how Trump is a bad orange man. And Joe Biden is a very nice man who cares for people and will talk their ear off on the Amtrak. Our current president has failed in his most basic duty to the nation. He's failed to protect us. He's failed to protect America. And my fellow Americans, that is unforgivable. As president, I'll make you a promise. I'll protect America. I will defend us from every attack, seen and unseen, always, without exception, every time. Okay, now this is a promise he cannot keep. Yeah, because no president can protect you all the time from everything, right? He, he's basically now putting himself in the position of America's missile defense system. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, but Joe Biden would not have protected us against COVID. How do I know? Because none of the Democratic governors did. Nancy Pelosi didn't. Joe Biden didn't, by the way. He was around. Like, the, the, no. I mean, that's a, that's a no on that. Okay, then Joe Biden moved on to the racism thing. And he suggested, he went back to the hopeful rhetoric of the early Obama era, which is we're on the verge of eliminating racism from America. We can we can fight racism. We can remove it. There's only one problem. Democrats are constantly shifting the, the, the definition of racism so as to not alleviate the charges of racism. It's too valuable a, a, an arrow in their quiver. 
Democrats will never let go of the charge of racism for their political opponents. So when Joe Biden says we're going to wipe racism from America's national life, he doesn't mean that because the moment that Democrats say that racism has been wiped from our national life, which, by the way, it largely has, the moment that that happens, they no longer have that as a hammer to wield against their political opposition. Here was Joe Biden, however, saying he was going to heal racism in exactly the same way Obama said he was going to heal racism and then proceeded to exacerbate it. History, history has thrust one more urgent task on us. Will we be the generation that finally wipes out the stain of racism from our national character? I believe we're up to it. I believe we're ready. Uh, Again, what does he think that we've been trying to do for several decades at this point? And what are his proposals for wiping racism from our national character? And what does he even mean by racism? Since we now have two dueling definitions, right? One is the old school thinking bad things about people because of their race, which is what racism normally means. Then we have the new school anti-racism, which suggests that if you don't tear down every American system, then you are in fact a racist. Joe Biden doesn't mean any of that. So Joe Biden is his mouth is writing checks that his body can't cash here. I mean, that, that, that is what is happening here. Everybody's going to ignore that because it was all sweetness and light. But just recognize that that speech last night, that was a cloaking device for what the actual Democratic program is. And Joe Biden doesn't really mean any of that. Or if he does, he's certainly not going to be able to implement it. Okay, he, by, to to, to you know, carry on the point, Joe Biden also said that he hears the voices of the protesters. Again, rioters and looters don't exist in Democrat world. So here is Joe Biden saying he hears the voices of the protesters last night. One of the most powerful voices we hear in the country today is from our young people. They're speaking to the inequity and injustice that has grown up in America. Economic injustice, racial injustice, environmental injustice. I hear their voices. If you listen, you can hear them too. He hears voices. Okay, well, he's hearing the voices of the protesters. But again, No solution. The idea is just by electing him, magically things are fixed. And this is the Democratic platform. Barack Obama did it the other night. Barack Obama said that the Constitution's only value is democracy, right? There are no other values. Natural rights don't exist. Limited government doesn't exist. Equal rights before law, those things don't exist. The only value is democracy, pure majoritarian democracy. It's the only thing that matters. And he said that the protesters in the streets should understand that if you elect us, then the system will have worked and you can stop protesting. But if the other side wins, the system didn't work and you should go out and you should protest. This is this is how Democrats think about government, unfortunately, that the protesters are playing an inside-outside game with government. If you elect Democrats, then Democrats will do the work of the protesters. If you don't elect Democrats, then you need to be out in the streets shouting about things. Okay, And then Joe Biden, again, using this sort of subtle contrast, this subtle assumed contrast between the glories of the Obama years and the horrors of the Trump years, Joe Biden suggested that they won't turn a blind eye to bounties on American soldiers. There is this very dicey story suggesting that the Trump administration knew full well that the Russians were paying bounties to soldiers in Syria to kill in Afghanistan to kill Americans and that Trump turned a blind eye to it. The Obama administration literally sent $150 billion to the Iranian government, fully acknowledging that the Iranian government would then use the money to fund terrorism, including against American troops. So you got to take all this crap with a grain of salt. So I take very personally and I, the profound responsibility of serving as commander in chief. I'll be a president who will stand with our allies and friends and make it clear to our adversaries the days of cozying up to dictators is over. Under President Biden, America will not turn a blind eye to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers. 
No, they'll just turn a blind eye to Russia completely taking over Syria and Crimea and Iran funding terrorism against American troops. They'll turn a blind eye to that. Okay, then Joe Biden concluded with his main message, which again was light over dark. I am the forces of light. Donald Trump is the forces of darkness. Here was Joe Biden concluding last night. Let us begin, you and I together, one nation under God, uniting our love for America, uniting in our love for each other. For love is more powerful than hate. Hope is more powerful than fear. And light is more powerful than dark. This is our moment. This is our mission. May history be able to say that the end of this chapter of American darkness began here tonight as love and hope and light join in the battle for the soul of the nation. This is woo-woo kind of stuff, right? It's Marianne Williamson kind of stuff, but it is more effective than Biden has been historically. Then he rushed outdoors and they did this little fireworks show. So it was actually kind of a nice American optic, right? Having a nominee rush outdoors and they have this nice little fireworks show outside the hall where this is happening. My, my favorite part was not the fireworks show. My favorite part was the members of the media rushing outside for it. Uh, there's some footage of members of the media being told that it was time to go outside for it. And the reporters just like take off like sheep. It's like a sheepdog was herding them outside. It's, it's really funny. If you can't see it, they're literally like sprinting outside to see fireworks. Ooh, it's Joe Biden. They're not the photographers, guys. These are not the photographers. The photographers are already outside. None of these people have cameras. This is just the reporters who are like trying to, oh my God, we got to see Joe Biden stand. So we can write prose that we obviously could have written like five seconds later just by watching the video. Yeah, but it was it was a pretty sight, you know, good, good for them. The media were gaga over this, of course. Chris Wallace said that the Biden speech blew a big hole in Trump's narrative. Why? Because Biden was alive. Again, the bar was very low. Biden was not a corpse. He was an alive human. And thus, he blew a big hole in Trump's narrative. The problem, of course, is that Biden has to maintain this. So all it takes is Joe Biden collapsing into a van once and all of this goes away. Right? Joe Biden has to be alive every time from here to the election. It is not enough for him to just be alive one time at a speech reading off a teleprompter. Here's Chris Wallace talking up Joe Biden's performance. I thought it was an enormously effective speech. Remember, Donald Trump has been talking for months about Joe Biden as mentally shot, a captive of the left. And it, yes, Biden was reading from a teleprompter and a prepared speech, but I thought that he blew a hole, a big hole in that characterization. Okay, I mean, I think that, again, the performance was much better than Biden has been. It's early, and I'm old enough to remember when people really talked up Hillary's 2016 convention speech. Jake Tapper said that this was the best speech of Joe Biden's career, which honestly is like saying that this is the best Cardi B song. It's, it's, not, saying, it's not saying a lot. There, there are not a lot of good Joe Biden speeches across the course of his career. Here, here was Jake Tapper. Well, I've heard Joe Biden give, I don't know, dozens, hundreds of speeches over the years. I have to say this was... One of the best, if not the best performance I've ever seen, also kind of underlining a mistake, a tactical mistake by the Trump campaign to set expectations so low, uh, suggesting that Joe Biden was not capable of giving a speech like this, uh, meant that he would naturally exceed expectations. I mean, I think that's true. I think that setting the expectations low is, is part of the problem. However, in a debate, things could change fairly radically because it's not just that Joe Biden has to be able to read, it's that Joe Biden has to be able to move on his feet. And that one may be a little bit of a tougher sell. So what does this leave the Republicans with? Well, it leaves the, the RNC with a task, a dual task. One is refocus the American people on the actual things that are happening in the United States. The entire DNC was a distraction from everything happening in the United States other than COVID. 
And the reason that they keep focusing in on COVID is because they have made COVID into a miasmatic danger that is out there ready to pounce on you at a moment's notice. Depending on where you are in the country, that is simply untrue. The fact is we're on a significant downslope in Florida, a significant downslope in Georgia, a significant downslope in Arizona. If you're in California, you're still a little bit unsafe, but the fact is the hospitals are not even close to overwhelmed in the state of California. There is no curve in New Jersey. There is no curve in New York. There is no curve in Connecticut. Okay, so the fact is that, that those states are seeing zero deaths and close to zero cases, and yet they're still locked down. It is up to Trump to say there are political actors out there right now who are keeping your economy and your schools locked down and then proclaiming that they are handling the virus. And that is not the way that we can handle this. One of the more striking aspects of, of Biden's speech is at one point in Biden's speech, he actually said there's no miracle that is coming for, to, to heal COVID. And Joe Biden said that in the middle of the speech. We'll never have our lives back until we deal with this virus. The tragedy of where we are today is it didn't have to be this bad. Just look around. It's not this bad in Canada or Europe or Japan or almost anywhere else in the world. And the president keeps telling us the virus is going to disappear. He keeps waiting for a miracle. Well, I have news for him. No miracle is coming. There's so much conflicting here. So much. First of all, the United States is not ranked number one in deaths per million. In fact, we're not even close to the top of the list in terms of death per million in the United States. When he says Canada doesn't have this. No, Canada does. It's just all in Quebec. Quebec actually has a deaths per million rate that's closer to New York than to the rest of the United States. If you're if you're looking at deaths per million population across the world, we are still surpassed by Belgium, Peru, Andorra, Spain, UK, Italy, Sweden, and Chile. And Brazil is right on our heels. And, and so is France, by the way. So is Mexico. So is Panama. By the time this is all said and done, I don't think that the United States is going to be really close to the top of this list. But Joe Biden is saying that. It's not true. The, the main thing that he says there, though, which is that there's no miracle on the way. Okay, if there's no miracle on the way, then you actually have to learn to live with the virus. But you guys don't want to learn to live with the virus. You just want to lock everything down interminably. It's going to be up to Trump to make that case and people to make that case that, that Democratic governors have kept this stuff locked. They mishandled it. They botched it like Cuomo did. And then they kept the thing locked down. They're going to have to make the case also that Joe Biden is, is a Trojan horse for the Kamala Harris left. And they're going to have to make the affirmative case that Donald Trump is likely to handle things like the rioting and the looting better than Democrats who continue to pat that stuff on the head. And then there's the part of the case that Donald, Donald Trump is simply going to have to get himself under control. If Donald Trump wishes to remain president of the United States, he is going to need to shut up. He is. He's going to need to stay on teleprompter. The expectations for Donald Trump are just as low as the expectations Republicans set for Joe Biden. The expectations that Republicans set for Biden were very simple. Is he alive? Joe Biden last night showed that he was alive and thus surpassed expectations. Now, tomorrow he could keel over, but last night, that was what it was. The, the expectation that Democrats have set for Trump is that Donald Trump will never, ever stop being tumultuous and volatile and saying ugly things on Twitter and tweeting out craziness. All Donald Trump has to do to surpass that expectation is not do those things. And you'll see this happen with Trump every so often, right? He'll go out and he'll give a great State of the Union address and everybody will be like, wow, that was unexpected. Well, no, he's fully capable of that. I think that Donald Trump is fully capable of putting down the phone for five damned minutes. There are plenty of other people out there who are willing to defend what Trump is doing on a daily basis. He can still do it in pressers. But if the entire Democratic pitch is orange man bad, then it would really deprive them of a case for orange man to be less bad, would it not? And I don't even mean in terms of policy. So the RNC's task next week is going to be to say, Joe Biden may be empathetic, but he ain't going to solve any of your problems. Here are all the problems in the United States. And also stay off the damned Twitter.
That is the task before President Trump with less than three months left until the national election that will decide whether he remains in office or not. Okay, well, we have two additional hours of content coming up for you here on the Ben Shapiro Show. Plus, later today, we have a Daily Wire backstage as well. Go to dailywire.com, get an all-access pass right now. Coupon code ACCESS, and you get 20% off that all-access pass. Also, pick up a copy of my brand new book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps. Huge national bestseller. I think it discusses a lot of the issues that we've been talking about routinely. Go check it out right now. And otherwise, we'll see you here on Monday. So try not to burn things down again, guys. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers' lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE.